Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hello, hello, hello. I am your Diana Sericari, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz, and welcome to the 100th episode of In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Goosebumps. <laughs> hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most, this Michael Munoz. And for those of you who don't know, Diana Sarah Carey, also known or best known as Baby Peggy, is the oldest silent movie star that's still living in the world. How's that for a reference for you all? <laughs> she's a hundred the podcast has a hundred episodes you see where i'm going with this you see where i am going but before we get there i want to wish you all well there's two holidays today it's national blonde brownie day national blondie brownie day i don't know and national southern food day and Truth be told, I'd much rather be celebrating National Southern Food Day, wouldn't you? Right? We can leave the Blondie Brownies to somebody else and celebrate the mac and cheese, celebrate the fried chicken, celebrate that good Creole cuisine, some gumbo, mm, 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 some collard greens, yes, yes, some mac and cheese, oh, oh, and some biscuits, yeah. <laughs> We're back to the tomfoolery, 100th episode or not. And in saying that, on this day in gay history, in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court decides Roe versus Wade legalizing abortion in the United States. Norma Leah McCorvey, a.k.a. Jane Roe, wrote of her sexual orientation in her 1994 autobiography, I Am Roe. A few years later, she claims that she has converted to Christianity and is no longer a lesbian. And I'm going to leave that for you to ponder on your own because I want to get to celebrating the 100th episode of In Yo Mouth. Can you believe it? 100 episodes 
over a hundred weeks of tomfoolery, of food news, of, you know, ups, downs, deep food discussions, and ridiculous food topics. From hamburglers to hot sauce and spam to, you know, discussing the woes of suicide and Anthony Bourdain and, you know, to even feeding the strippers um, and the need to feed the, the sex workers of Portland. You know, we have covered and I have covered many a topic here. And boy, what a journey it has been. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Well, some of you out there may have picked up the pod in the middle, are just picking up the pod now, or maybe have been with us since the beginning. But I think I need to give a little history, put on my historian hat, about how In Your Mouth began. Picture it. It was January 2018, and a young Latin boy was very miserable in his full-time hospitality business, so he decides to quit his job to pursue his passions. What were those passions? He didn't know, but he knew he needed to get out. Um, And so, (laughs) one day, after I pretty much quit my job in hospitality, I was in the shower, and I was like, I just really need a creative outlet. And my good gal pal Marie and I had been talking about doing something together forever. Marie is the type of person that we, she and I really vibe together creatively, and we're on the same wavelength. So I was in the shower one day, and she pops into my head, yes, Marie, in the shower with me. Um, And... (laughs) I was like, aha, the light bulb turned on. And I hop out of the shower and I call Marie and I was like, Marie, we need to do a podcast called Sausage and Tuna. And she was like, oh my God, Munoz? Like, absolutely. But we can't call it Sausage and Tuna, even though Marie is not one of the Kardashians. She's just as pretty, but not one of the Kardashians. I don't know why I gave her that voice. And um, a week and a half later, In Your Mouth was birthed. And it's been a hell of a ride since. And I really want to take a look back at that first episode because it's quite a doozy. Uh, Take a listen and go down memory lane with me. He's from the north, she's from the south, and we want to know what's in your mouth. Hey there, hey, lovely people. I'm Michael Munoz, your hostess with your mostess, your food guru, your love of your life. And sitting here next to me is my gal pal, the girl with the biggest crock pot in town, Marie. Say hi, Marie. (laughs) Hi, Marie. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I put her next to me. We are here at the In Your Mouth Food Podcast to bring you the best, the brightest, the newest, the oldest, the stalest, the youngest, the... The yeastiest. (laughs) Not the yeastiest. Oh, sorry, that was just me. I, I think there's. I think oh, I have God. some yogurt in the in the All staff right, fridge. All right, simmer down. We're not giving advice on yeast infections on our first episode. Okay, but yogurt so. does work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how how fresh and young in the podcast game we were, and I mean. Uh, she's still looking fresh and fresh and young in this podcast game. You know, Marie always told me I had a face for radio, honey. 
But it's so, it's moments like those and going back in time that me really make me miss having a podcast partner and having Maria around to bounce things off of and and to be absolutely ridiculous with and just be like completely and utterly just dumb and have the most fun. One of my favorite um, episodes, and it really warms the cockles of my heart, and if I'm ever having like a down day, um, I, I turn this like section of the episode on, is this moment where I surprise Marie with the Golden Girls hot sauces. It's one of, I think, mo- our most hysterical moments. Why don't you take a listen? Golden Girls Hot sauce! What? You got it? Yes! No! Yes! I'm Wait sitting here. Look, first we have... Oh, my God! Sicilian Fire Habanero Hot Sauce. That's for <laughs> Sophia. And we have Be Spicy. That's Jalapeno Hot Sauce for Dorothy. And then we have Desert Rose Jalapeno Hot Sauce and Hot Slut for Blanche. <laughs> what I don't like when I got these, though, is that this company is a little deceiving. I think... It's only two flavors. Really? And four bottles. Wait, why? Why would I don't you know. think I didn't that? Make the, I didn't make oh. the shit. No, why do you think that? Because two say jalapeno hot sauce and two say habanero hot sauce. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that weird? You guys. You guys. It's always four, fit. Four, four different sauces, but just two different flavors. Flavors. Well, we're going to try them. I also picked up um, some chips and guac from Los Tacos Numero Uno. Oh, um, is there they are the best tacos in the city. If you haven't been, run, don't walk. There's one in Chelsea Market. There's one on 43rd Street. I think Ooh. there's another one somewhere. They are hands down the best taco. Mm. Um, so we're going to sit here and we're going to give you the, the, the down low. Of I'm going to try the hot slut one first. Uh, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. You know, it's a habanero hot sauce. What? And uh, well, you know what? Why don't we do this? I'm gonna try the Sicilian Fire, which is also the habanero hot sauce, okay. and we're gonna see if they're the same. Are you gonna just put it on a chip plane? Yeah, I mean, guacamole what else? looks delicious. I mean, we too. can try it both ways. Okay. You know, you know, I'm. Wait, I'll, do you I'll, like I'll, your... try, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> do you like a crunchy taco or a soft taco? Soft taco. Oh, okay. Well, I don't I actually don't like a taco at all. <laughs> Oh, I don't like that. Oh, that's hot. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit, Munoz. We, we might as well <laughs> die. <laughs> Guys, if we die. Holy shit, y'all. You'll know how. There's, this hot I mean, slut is a hot, uh, hot as hot <laughs> slut. <laughs> Holy fuck. Ooh, I don't even have any, like, sour cream or anything for us to, like, oh, uh, <laughs> Get out the jism. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely times like that that really make me miss Marie um, as a podcast partner. But, you know, episode 80 episodes later, Marie realized she wasn't focusing on the things that she loved. And although this is a journey that she was more than happy to come along with me on, you know, she needed to fly free, little bird, uh, and follow her dreams. And she's doing fabulous out there. So shout out to you, Marie. Shout out to you. And thank you for 
80 great episodes, 80 out of 100. And we always used to say we were going to make it to 100 and then decide what we were going to do. But here we are. I and I couldn't be happier with the outcome. You know, reminiscing even 20 episodes in by myself, just coming as far as I have from that first episode and being very terrified, just podcasting alone and not knowing how to speak into the dead space to you all out there. It's definitely something else and definitely a a, a practice in in conquering that saboteur and we talked about this last episode about the winter blues about like that inner voice that's telling you you can't and you won't and I really want to take a look at my very first episode solo as In Your Mouth with Michael Munoz and just just to kind of reminisce about how far along I've come and I couldn't have done it without your support so take a listen to sit in a room alone talking into the void is a really new and interesting experience. I'm not going to lie. This is probably about hour four and the hundredth time I've tried recording this because it's kind of it's kind of interesting trying to navigate my way through this solo adventure. And it's it's really exciting and very, very scary Um even as a performer, I've been performing most of my life, but just to sit here solo and, and you know, jump off the ledge into this new adventure is not only interesting, but exciting. And, and everything, everything I've almost ever wanted, not almost, but definitely ever wanted, uh, a while ago, I wanted, I went on a quest to find out how I could become a, a a radio personality and I kind of let that dream go for a little while and lo and behold now that I'm thinking about it here a first time live on air this this I made this reality come true and now I'm now I'm a little bit of a radio personality so hey y'all yes hi it's me no but this is kind of today's topic that I want to talk about um kind of going solo and and I know Marie and I a long time ago uh, talked about like traveling solo and going out solo. But what is it really to do things on your own? How often do you give yourself that self-care moment or even allow yourself to uh, di- digest? Mm, yes, metaphor. How often do you allow yourself and give yourself time to digest? Yes, bringing it back around to the f- making a food analogy here. Blech. <laughs> It's really crazy to sit here and listen back to all these old clips of me and Marie or even my first episode because, wow, how far I have come, Jesus, how far I have come. And if you haven't noticed, I'm back in the Times Square studio only because I was feeling a little bit of nostalgia and I felt like I needed to bring it back to the sirens and the horns for me and for you. But that very first solo episode really, really made um, a big difference in my life, to be honest with you. It proved, it was one of those, like, you know, breakthrough moments of, yeah, you can do anything, bitch. You can do this. You can do this, and you're going to kill it in this game. And to be honest, 
after I did that first episode, it opened all these new doors to me because I have obviously driven this podcast down a very queer food road and I wouldn't have met the aunties of the Minority Report uh, without doing the first episode. They tuned in and they sent me lovely words. Shout out to you. Um, you know, Gabrielle Lenart from This Queer Kitchen. Um, even the very handsome Eric Fleming, who's, you know, up and up in the sommelier world. Yes, yeah, shout out to you. Or the extra very, very handsome uh, Gabe Gonzalez. Como estamos? Shout out to you. And, oh my God, how could I even forget Mr. Braden Bradley and Leanna McMillan, who helped me with my <laughs> holiday gift guide. And I was on their show Saturday morning live. All the doors that are opening, it's it's been an incredible journey from starting with Marie to going solo to to meeting all these fabulous people um I it's insane it's insane and I really want to travel a little bit more down memory lane and take a listen to one of my favorite moments with the aunties from the minority report one of the things is I want to be not only the gay voice in food, but to show the younger uh, LGBTQ generation that we're not all Kim Kardashians or Beyonce's, and Mm -hmm. we all don't need to look like that, and we all can do and strive to do different things. And that's what Mm -hmm. kind of this pod is based in, you know, and kind of draws from. And that definitely that you're enough, that you specifically, you are enough. Like my daddy used to always say, and it took me probably till I got older and maybe even in this moment that he's like, the most original thing on this earth is yourself mm-hmm. and you can't be anyone else. And a lot of times, especially in gay culture, especially in POC gay culture, you don't see yourself out there enough. So you're always trying to live up to the Clinton Kellys and to whomever that the mass media is pushing at that moment. And a lot of time it's not a POC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so you feel like you're not enough, but you are enough. And that if you hear anything today and nothing else, that's what we ultimately want our podcast, at least for minority report to say, you are enough in being a POC gay human being or LGBTQIA, all the letters you're enough. Isn't that such a great moment? You are enough. You know what? If you need the audio clip, I will send you that clip for your morning mantra every day. So shout out to my aunties at the Minority Report. And one of the other great things about running your own podcast is you get to draw from life and experiences. And you know what? Sometimes you need content and you call on your fabulous friends who do fabulous things out there for some food knowledge. And one of my nearest and dearest friends... Jennifer came on the pod to talk about dieting and dating, and this is some really funny advice. Listen in. Feeling good about yourself, right? And feeling good in your mm-hmm. skin. And then yeah. and then maintaining that while going out and eating all the fried calamari. Like your, oh, your gosh. Body. Why is it always calamari? Why do they always pick calamari? They always I pick it. I don't know, but it's delicious. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because here you are like, you know, it's I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm doing the online 
dating thing and you you're meeting somebody for the first time and you're meeting at a bar and you go out for drinks so there's calories and then you're going out for something fried so there's more calories and then you're trying to look cute it's just it's kind of ironic <laughs> it's like a, it's a never-ending vicious circle and why do yeah. we have to put ourselves through it why I don't know I don't know because you know what nobody nobody really ha- says oh you know what that girl was a lot of fun she had the grilled chicken like nobody really <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is the first date. Like, okay, yeah, I want to make the healthy impression, but I also want to be the fun girl. And the fun girl is going to split calamari with you. So you just have to kind of, my way of coping with that is to just have a little bit of it and don't go crazy. Yeah, But, um, but then it just depends then, on the date. But then do you, know? you look like the, that girl that doesn't eat on dates? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like double edged. You're totally right. Yeah. Can I have it on the side? I don't want to look difficult, but I don't want to. You know what? At the end of the day, <laughs> I don't know. We gotta we gotta be ourselves, and our genes have to fit. Uh, exactly. But oh, I one doesn't <laughs> one doesn't necessarily lend itself to the other. Because Lord knows yeah, you and I true. have laid down on the bed to button our jeans at one point. <laughs> oh God! Help me! Help me! <laughs> help me! Help me! That cracks me up every time. I love you so much, Jennifer. That was such a fun podcast episode. And it's the truth, y'all. Nobody likes the person who eats grilled chicken on a first date. Oh, my goodness. And uh, let me tell you, the winter weight is real, and I still may be laying down on the bed to button my jeans. But that's another story for another time. I think now's a great time to discuss and give you a little history about food news update. Yes, y'all. Couldn't you imagine or can you believe, I should say, that I have done over 300 food news update topics in 100 episodes? That is a lot of crazy food news coming And in those beginning episodes, we used to do more than three. So it's definitely over 300, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. And that just came out of the pure fact that I realized that there's all this crazy food news topics out there that if you're not regularly going to sites like Delish.com or Munchies or even Grub Grub Street, or maybe even reading like the little local papers, you would never know that people are getting arrested for putting a Chef Boyardee can on wheels in, in the middle of the street or stealing pounds of meat and hiding it or or shaking trees to steal all the apples from an orchard or who knows, or there being, um, you know, pork-flavored candy canes and, <laughs> and all sorts of crazy information useful useful information like that and it's one thing I always say to my friends when we when we are talking about like some random topic and um because now I'm a font of useful food knowledge and I'm always like well if you listen to the pod um (laughs) you would know so are you ready for a little the hundredth episode of food news update Food news. Uh, Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. 
This restaurant launched a three-course Megxit menu that features both British and Canadian cuisine. Yes. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, you're probably living under a rock uh, because everybody is obsessed with Harry and Meghan you know, stepping down from their royal duties. And in honor of this, this restaurant called M Threadneedle in London is offering a three-course Megxit menu. Um, and according to its Instagram post about the whole thing, the offerings are a menu without judgment that specializes in the finest British and Canadian cuisine with elements of ginger and L.A. glamour. <laughs> Anything, anything to sell something, right, folks? Anything to sell something. Well, if you decide to try out the menu, you'll be offered champagne, English sparkling wine, or a Canadian club cocktail to kick things off. That's followed by a three-course meal that includes starter options like pig's head croquettes and a Canadian crab and truffle sandwich. For the main course, you can choose from a 60-day English Dexter strip loin on the bone to share or main lobsters with ginger and chili. For dessert, you can go for a pear, rhubarb, and ginger crumble or an all-American reimagined Snickers dessert. All right. All right. Well, the food looks delicious, first and foremost. Um, but this is some marketing and branding if I've ever seen it and heard it. Would you go? Would you not go? I really could care less. Um, why can't we just let them live their lives, right? Right? Do we really care? I mean, what effect does this have on me? Or is this just another break from the terrible American news cycle? I don't know. Write to me. Tell me what you think. In your mouth pod on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, in your mouth NYC at gmail.com. But my final thoughts on this are. Harry and Megan, I support you, and if you make a dirty video, I definitely watch. <laughs> Teacher on Netflix Cheer claims Tex-Mex is a way better version of Mexican food, and people are triggered. Oh my god, guys, why, why do people have to be so ridiculous. So you may or may not know that Netflix recently released a docu-series called Cheer, which chronicles the highs and lows of the student athletes who train at Navarro, an award-winning community college in Texas. Uh, but one of the teachers in this um, docu-series goes on a rant on why Texas is so great. Uh, from the Quaid brothers to um, NASA, and she quotes uh, Space Force as well, yikes, um, <laughs> to Tex-Mex. She says, it's the best ever. It's not real Mexican food. It's a way better version of Mexican food, she says. Yikes. And then the camera apparently pans to a Latinx um, student with a blank stare on the face. Cultural appropriation? I say yes, folks. But And of course, Twitter has a meltdown about it. <laughs> oh my god. Y'all are wild. Yo, this teacher really said Tex-Mex was a better version of Mexican food and I've never been more triggered. Hashtag 
GTFOH. Yes. Another one. The worst part about the show Cheer is the teacher in the episode. Um, Tex-Mex is not real Mexican food. It's way better. Girl, you're crazy. No wonder you're in Corsicana. The true villain of Cheer is the Texas history professor who said Tex-Mex was better than actual Mexican food. Who does this lady think she is? Who, Who does she think she is? I mean... Should I be bothered? Should we be triggered by this? Or is it just a quote-unquote preference? But there within lies the problem. I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad. Or maybe it's the denial of where the food actually came from. I don't know. Is it a catch-22? Or is or is this just a bigger racial issue? Mmm. Mmm, mmm, mmm. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know what I think? I think there are bigger fish to fry in the world than giving this woman any more attention with her ridiculous comments. But I do hear that the docuseries is really great and I can't wait to watch. If you've already seen it, let me know what you think. Texas police learned that, yes, you can dust cheese slices for fingerprints. (laughs) What is the world coming to, for heaven's sake? Um, after the Carlton PD discovered a number of cars covered in cheese, they realized that cheese slices produce great fingerprints. Who knew? Well, you know, um, if there's a lesson to be learned here, don't try to murder somebody with cheese, right? <laughs> So apparently in December, an 18-year-old and two 17-year-olds were all arrested by Pennsylvania State Police after admitting to covering two cars and a residence with slices of cheese. All three of them faced charges of disorderly conduct for the cheesings, which took place on a Saturday night in Girard Township, Pennsylvania. Only in Pennsylvania. How funny is this? And I didn't realize that covering a car in cheese is an arrestable offense. Did you? (laughs) So apparently there are no eyewitnesses or security footage, but there were prints on the cheese. And so when they went to the crime scene investigator, the call was, hey, I've got some cheese prints. I heard maybe you can help us out. And the crime scene investigator said, what? Um, <laughs> he didn't know how many slices he was about to get, but he learned that they had some really good fingerprints. And because he was so proud, he posted a photo to Twitter. Why does everything have to end up on Twitter, by the way? as well. And I mean, I guess looking at this cheese slice, it looks like um, American cheese too, like one of those craft slices. So the Carlton Police Department said that technically putting cheese on another person's car isn't a crime, but that the victim reported additional damage to his or her vehicle. Oh, oh. The most disturbing sliced cheese-related criminal might be Christopher Pagano, a Norristown, Pennsylvania man who was known as the Swiss cheese pervert. In 2014, the then then 42-year-old exposed himself to several women while holding cheese slices, asking them if he could pay them to watch him rub cheese all over his (laughs) jaw. gets more and more ridiculous um you know what i think the cheese car 
thing was really, really funny. I mean, they're kids. That's, I mean, isn't that what they do? I've never TP'd a house or anything, but I grew up in Brooklyn. We'd be murdered. Um, and we had, we, that wasn't a thing at all. Um, like our parents would discipline us because I grew up in the age of spankings for sure. Um, so shout out to you all for the cheesings, but I don't, we don't support illegal activities here on the pod. And with that, I think that's a great way to end food news update. Yes. The hilarity and the ridiculousness never seems to end. <laughs> So going a little bit more down memory lane here, I think another one of my favorite parts of the pod was when I finally got Gabe Gonzalez, comedian, gay hottie, Puerto Rican, uh, finally, after months of, you know, just sliding into his Twitter DMs and asking him uh, on the pod to talk to me about Puerto Rican foods and him finally admitting to me and the world that he doesn't like Maduros. It is really funny because I was, so I was actually online today and I was responding to one of my friends, uh, Julio Ricardo Varela. He's a oh. co-host of Latino USA. And he had tweeted, he was like, I don't do coquito. I'd rather just drink the rum. I've tried. I can't handle it. And then everybody like, you know, a bunch of other Puerto Ricans were like, oh my God, how could you? Natalia Rodmed, who um, used to write for um, Latino Rebels and is um, going to Columbia J School right now. Andrea Gonzalez, who covered... Um, some great stuff uh, through Refinery29 about, like, violence against women in Puerto Rico and the response to Hurricane Maria. Like, all these journalists being like, okay, well, I'm dragging you for Coquito, but... And then I think Natalia was like, I don't like aguacate. I don't like... She's like, I like guac, <laughs> but I do not like avocados. And then she was like, what is your secret? And then I told them that I don't like maduros, amarillitos. I was, that was one of the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a tostones or a maduros? Uh, honey, I am tostones All through the and way. through. I need savory plantains. Thanks. If you let them get overripe and you're cutting that shit up and you're frying it, I'm getting these sweet, like, like mushy. I can't do that. So, <laughs> Yes, you heard it here first, folks. Boy, do I love that, Gabe Gonzalez. Shout out to you. Another one of my favorite food moments was when I had the guys who created the Ate It app on the pod. If you haven't downloaded the Ate It app, go ahead. Use the password one word in your mouth. It's an amazing app if you're trying to find food in the city. Take a listen to one of my favorite moments. The way our app works is you can literally get from being hungry to fed with using your thumb. And you don't have to type anything in. You don't have to search anything. I love it when you you're, speak a little dirty to me. You're, li- <laughs> you're, literally, just, you're literally just... I mean, what I do you do we, with your thumb? I, 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 know, I know we just met, but like... You just flick it. I, I'm, I'm literally sweating all of a sudden. Um, so, what did I, I say? I love, it. I love it when I make my um, guests blush. Yeah. It's great. I'm a little warm. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys were hysterical. I love them so much. Shout out to you, Joe and Steve, and please go download their app. It's called Ate It. You know, from food laughs to serious topics about food to politics and sex and everything in between, this podcast has taught me so much taught me so much and I hope that it's taught you just as much from 
I am a one-man band on this side of the microphone, and I certainly am living my Delilah dreams. But some of my favorite memories of the pod are the memories when beautiful LGBTQ people in food share their coming out stories, because I think it's super important that we all hear different people's journeys, especially in the LGBTQ community. Uh, The series that Marie and I did last Pride, where we highlighted um, LGBTQ people in food and then continuing on solo, every um, queer person that has come on the pod and that has shared their coming out story. It's so beautiful and I can't thank them enough. That has just been so special and just a great memory on the pod itself. In thinking about just a hundred episodes and, you know, the passage of two years, it feels like a blink of an eye. And I don't know about you. Yeah, shout out. (laughs) A hundred episodes. No, but um, I don't know about you out there. But in thinking about the passage of time, do you all feel that the older you get, the quicker time goes? Like there's just not enough time. Do you remember when you were little and everything just seemed like it took forever? Like the passage of time is so slow. And now that as we age, time is just fleeting and going faster. There just doesn't seem to be enough time in the day for anything. I mean, I woke up to record this podcast and I barely realized it was the 100th episode. I was like, wow, I can't believe we're here. I mean, every week for, you know, a hundred weeks and then some. Granted, I took a two-week break in there, but there has been uh, two bonus episodes in there, so I definitely made up for it. And I mean, it just seems insane to me. And I really can't wait to see what the future holds. I have some really special guests coming up. I love that uh, I have my own Dr. Phil, Dr. Zagragan. Shout out to you. Uh, she's. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more of her coming up on the pod because she loves giving you her tips and tricks, you know, to keep you healthy and to make you feel good. There's a special Valentine's Day coming up and, um, you know, some celebrity guests coming up as well. So I'm just going to leave it at that because I think it's time for me to go pop open a bottle of champagne and celebrate and maybe even shake a tail feather. Who knows? But I'm certainly going to celebrate in style. I want to thank all the guests from the past hundred episodes for all the love and support. You know, I couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have done it out without you. You know, a shout out to Marie. Marie's killing it out there in the game. You know, you are missed and loved as always. And you know what? A shout out to you all out there, the listeners, because without you, I'd be nothing. So with that, happy 100th episode to In Your Mouth. And thanks for listening to In Your Mouth. Yeah.